0: So good morning everyone, it's, it's nice to see so many new faces and familiar faces here this morning. My name is Jeremy Frischnicht, um, if you haven't met me, hello. Uh, my wife and I, here's Nicole, my wife, uh, we've been going to King's Cross Church for the past four years now, um, and we help serve on leadership here at King's Cross Church. Um, and it's been, last time I preached up here is actually when Obed and his family were still overseas, uh, over a year and a half ago. Um, so it's crazy, time has flown by, um, but do cut me some slack as it's been a little while since I've, I've preached um, last, so. Um, and if you guys haven't guessed it yet, um, this morning we're gonna be talking, continuing the Advent series and talking about peace. Um, and then we'll be landing on the Christmas service in, in two weeks. Um, and yeah, it's an exciting season, um, and I am looking forward to being up here. Um, and preaching to you guys this morning about peace. Um, but I have to be honest, when I heard I'll be preaching about peace, I was kind of at a loss of what I would be talking about as it relates to peace. Um, and we were having, uh, just hanging out with my, my wife's grandma this past Thanksgiving, um, and somehow it came up that I would be talking about and pre- preaching about peace in, in two weeks. Um, and this is what her response was to that. That must be so hard, she said. How can you talk about peace in this world when there's so much chaos going on right now, she said. And she proceeded to list off um, the many things going on in this world, the humanitarian crisis in Afghanistan, the tensions surrounding COVID, the mob looting happening in California, and she went on and on. And let and so, just so you guys know, this is a 93 year old woman and she's, she's seen a lot in her life. Um, and, and honestly, like, I didn't really know how to respond to what she was saying and, uh, other than just kind of sit there and be like, yeah, like, there is not really peace in this world when you look at all this. Um, and so, of course, you know, this didn't help me much uh, in prepping for my sermon initially. Uh, it was, was kind of discouraging. Um, but it did get me thinking about, like, what, uh, what most of the people um, in this world um, find peace in when every day seems to be more tumultuous than the next. Um, in a world where whatever we put our hope in is always fading, and our peace, is cha- our peace are changing as the tides depending on what comes our way. And even the thought of people never finding peace in this broken world. Now this quickly swung the opposite way um, as I began praying and scouring the word for every verse having to do with peace. And I quickly became overwhelmed, actually, by the sheer amount, depth, and complexity that surround biblical peace. So without further ado, I want to pray, and then we'll dive into some of the scriptures this morning. So please bow your heads. Father God, um, we just praise you this morning, that you are here with us, um, that we can sing praises to you this morning. and just experience that peace um, that we've worshipped about this morning and heard about already this morning, Lord. Um, I just pray that you would be with us this morning as we continue to dive into this topic of peace, Lord, a peace that you bring Jesus to this earth. Um, would you work on our hearts? Um, would you speak through me, Holy Spirit, um, and just be with us this morning? We love you, and we praise in your name. Amen. Awesome. So we'll be looking at uh, two main verses this morning, and then kind of jumping around through a bunch of other verses. Um, First will be Isaiah 9, 1 through 7, which prophesies the coming of the Prince of Peace, um, and the hope that is to come for Israel. Uh, And then second will be Luke 2, 8 through 14, the proclamation of the coming of the Prince of Peace. And I don't think these are going to be up here because they're pretty long, um, but if you guys can open up to First Isaiah 9, 1 through 7, um, and then I will be in. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. And the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light, those who dwelt in a land of great of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of, for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. So there's a lot here in the first five verses um, of this prophecy um, and they pertain to the hope that is to come for Israel and its future. Um, They have been in this, this season of darkness and hardship because of the Assyrian invasion. Um, But as it says, God will bring back honor to their land, and they will see a great light. But we're not going to focus on those first five verses here. We want to focus on peace this morning. Um, So let's look again at verses 6 and 7, where we we see this peace. Um, So it says, To us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it, to uphold it with justice and with righteousness, from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord hosts will do this. So here we see um, this child that will be called the Prince of Peace is coming. Um, and that there will be no peace, no end to the peace that he brings. Um, now, I want to pause for a second not to, to pass over um, these other names that are mentioned here um, for Jesus. Um, even though we're going to be focusing on the Prince of Peace, I just want to take a moment to uh, just say these names out loud for you guys. And I want to encourage you guys to just meditate on on these other names that Jesus has given through this Advent season. And these are that Jesus is the wonderful counselor, mighty God, and everlasting Father. So let's continue on in Luke, um, our next verse, as, as we see the fulfillment of what just happened in Isaiah. So Luke 2, 8 through 14. I'll give you a second to turn there really quick. Um... You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there will be and suddenly there was the angel, with the angel, a magnitude of the heavens, host heaven's heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And once again, I'm not gonna go into the, too much detail in the first five verses here. Um Uh, where we just, we see the prophecy of this child um, that was just prophesied in Isaiah, that he's been born. Um, And we know this to be Jesus. um, But let's look at verse 14 here and how it references peace. Um, And again, it reads, on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Or rather, there is peace on this earth for those whom God draws near through Jesus. Now, you'll have to wait another two weeks um, to hear the complete story of Jesus' birth, um, because today, once again, we're just gonna be focusing on uh, what it means for Jesus, to Jesus, the Prince of Peace, to come to this earth and, and brought peace to this world. One second. So let's begin um, as we dive into this topic of peace, first by defining what what peace is. I know Obed already briefly touched base on the difference of what cultural, the culture sees peace as what biblical peace is. Um, And then after that, I want to explore three different points um, this morning on what it means that peace has been brought to this world through Jesus. So let's begin by asking ourselves a question. What is peace? Uh, What does peace mean to you guys? I know, for me personally, when I think of peace, I think of the ending of, of world conflicts um, and unity. Um, you know, that whole world peace thing. Um, I also think of this, this inner peace that, that uh, people look for to calm down their anxiety. Or in the, in the famous words of Bob Marley, don't worry about a thing, because every little thing is gonna be all right. And I think both of these ideas about peace are spot on as far as the world defines peace. Um, Good old Merriam-Webster's defines peace as the following. One, a state of tranquility or quiet, such as freedom from civil disturbance or a state of security or order within a community provided for by law or custom. Two, freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts or emotions. Three, harmony in personal relations and four, a state of or period of mutual concord between governments. So none of these definitions, I would say, are bad or wrong. Um, but I would, I would like to look and provide a more a biblical definition of, of what peace means. Um, so let's first look at another verse in Isaiah um, 11, 6 through 9. Um, it describes, also describes the coming of Jesus and paints this really beautiful picture of the kingdom to come and the peace that will come in with the kingdom of Jesus. Um, so Isaiah 11:6 through nine says this, and just listen. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, the leopard shall die, lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, and a, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the coal of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. So I don't know about you guys, that paints this beautiful picture of what this biblical piece is, and really just makes me excited and to look forward to the peace that the kingdom of God will bring to this earth. Now, I've, I've, I'm sure you guys have all heard of this, this other word, shalom. Um, and it's this Hebrew word, which is actually used here in Isaiah 9 for peace. It is shalom. Um, and like any Hebrew word, um, this too has a plethora of meanings um, in English. And here are just a few. Peace, harmony, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, welfare, and tranquility. I want to add to this definition of peace, too, before we go forward to our, our three points. Um, and this, and I think that's, it's this peace that Jesus brought to this world that is this inward completeness and rest, knowing the truth of God's promises for us. And Obed briefly mentioned that this morning, but I want to say it again the inward completeness and rest, knowing the truth of God's promises for us. And now I want you to keep that definition at the forefront of your minds as we go into these next three points. So the first of the three points is peace with God through Jesus. So without getting too deep into the story of the fall this morning, we know that sin has entered this world um, through Adam and Eve, and um, we know that because of this, we are at conflict in opposition with God, right? God is holy. He is without sin. Um, therefore, he can't be near sin. So in a very practical sense here, we have humanity at war with God because of the sin that entered this world. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ and I really love this verse um, because personally I don't think I've ever really looked at the life death and resurrection of Jesus Christ through this lens of bringing back this restoration of peace between us and God and just marveled at this reality of what Jesus did for us and I think looking at the gospel through this lens of this restoration of peace is powerful in itself um, it's, I know it's, it's easy for me, and I'm sure many of you guys here this morning, to, uh, to make the gospel all about me and myself, and my forgiveness of sins, and how awesome and life-changing it is for me. Um, and I can get so focused about this in myself that I forget that the gospel is really for everyone, that humanity has been reconciled with God and peace restored for those who believe in what Jesus did for this world. And this is available for everyone to have. We see this again in Colossians 1, 19 through 20. It says, For him, all, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Now, some of you guys might be saying to yourself, "Wait, hold up! I thought we were talking about the birth of Jesus this morning, not not the death. Isn't isn't that for Easter?" Um, well, I would say uh, it wasn't just the birth of Jesus that brought us peace with to, with God. It was the fulfillment of Jesus' promises on earth, starting from his his birth, continuing through his death and resurrection, that brought humanity peace with God. And I want to read another verse that just so perfectly describes this peace um, that Jesus brought to this earth. Ephesians two thirteen through 22, I don't know if it will be up there, we'll see, uh, reads, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were far, once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. By abolishing the law of his com- of commandments express in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and he preached peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to one spirit to the father and so when you were no longer so then you were no longer strangers and aliens but you are also citizens with the saints and members of the household of god built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets christ jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows in a holy temple in the lord In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So you see, it was Jesus' death and resurrection that brought us peace with the Father. Jesus tore down this wall, wall, dividing wall of hostility with his flesh, making us one with God. And I love this picture too of this, this peace of the household of God being restored. We again can be citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. And it's this story of of baby Jesus that gives us this hope for the peace that Jesus was to bring through the cross. And this peace, again, is for for everyone um, who chooses to believe in Jesus' death and resurrection. um, And that his death and resurrection truly did create peace uh, with our creator. Again, Simply put in Romans 5.1, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through Lord our Lord Jesus Christ. But I think, you know, if, if we're real with ourselves, like we still feel this hostility between humanity and God today, right? Uh, we feel this tension and this conflict in our hearts between God's call for us to, to his righteousness and, and the call of this world to be self-serving and and seek pleasure and purpose by our own hand. And even in in the turmoil that is still felt in this world today. And this leads to the next point, which is peace in our lives. So since we have been brought back to peace with God, we can also have peace in our lives no matter what we face. As Christ followers, we have... Gospel, we have, excuse me, we have peace in the gospel. Uh, Remember the definition we laid out earlier. But we can also have this, you know, eternal rest and completeness in the fact that Jesus has defeated and brought peace between man and God by giving up his life, giving us eternal life. Philippians 4, 7 puts it beautifully. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And it is this, this peace of unsurpassable understanding that gives us peace in our lives. No matter the highs or the lows that we face, it is this peace we have in Jesus through the gospel that keeps us going. Whether it's being laid off from your job, the death of, death of a loved one, or even just the frustration of not feeling purpose um, in your life. It is the promise of what Jesus has done and will do that should give us peace in our lives. And yes, you might be saying to yourself, I know Jesus gives us peace, but when it actually comes down to it, it's hard for me in the midst of all the turmoil in my life to experience this peace. And I know for me, this is often the case um, and for me, it's so, so easy to look towards other things for peace um, and not to Jesus for peace. Whether it's peace in financial security or peace in my image and what other people think about me. But these things that I put my peace in continue to fail. I'm reminded of this analogy um, of building your house on solid ground, right? Right? I think we should be building our houses of peace on solid ground, that is Jesus. Because his promises are truth and will never fade. They are that rock that will not be shaken. And I think this is probably why, you know, peace is a part of this Advent series every year. We are constantly being bombarded by the turmoil of this world, that we need that reminder of the peace that Jesus brings us. And it's this it's spiritual practice, right? We have to constantly check our hearts and evaluate where we are putting our peace. And when and then continually correct and bring our peace back to Jesus. That way when devastation does come to our lives, we don't have to rebuild from scratch. We already have that solid foundation with peace in Jesus. And I think it's important to ask ourselves this morning, what are you guys hoping will give you peace in your lives? Once again, is, is it money, making sure that you guys can provide for your families and put food on the table? Maybe it's peace in yoga and mindfulness, meditation. Maybe it's peace in finding that spouse or just peace in the spouse that you have already. Or maybe it's even in peace in in alcohol and drugs and numbing that pain that you have. Well, I think scripture makes it very clear where we should be finding our peace. 2 Thessalonians 16 says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times, in every way. The Lord be with you all. And Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. And I think if we've learned anything in the past couple months of going over Ecclesiastes, it's that nothing on this earth is able to satisfy us. And I would say it's the same thing about peace. Nothing of this world can give us true peace. And that peace that I'm talking about here is that inward completeness and rest of our souls knowing the truth of god's promises this is the peace that surpasses all understanding because it is not of this world and it entered through jesus the baby in the manger now in addition to the peace that the gospel brings to our lives i think we uh, can also have peace in the numerous truths um, that are littered throughout the bible So I want to take a moment and have you guys just close your eyes, bow your heads, do whatever you want, and I just want to speak some of these truths over you guys, um, hopefully that you need to hear today, um, just to give you peace. Um, So go ahead and close your eyes. We can have peace that God is all-knowing and in control. We can have peace that God is more than enough. We can have peace that our sins have been cleansed through the blood of Christ. We can have peace that the helper spirit is with us. We can have peace that Jesus is coming again to defeat Satan once and for all. And we can have peace that we will be reunited in heaven with God. You guys can... Now, those are just a few of the many, many truths that are throughout the Bible. Um, and I encourage you guys to keep looking for those truths and really just meditate and and pray into those truths um, that they would give you peace in your lives. Um, so the next point I wanna look at lastly is the promise of peace to come in this world. So thinking back to the story about my, my wife's uh, grandma's response to me pr- me preaching about peace. Honestly, she, she was right. Like, there's, there's so much conflict and turmoil in this world, um, and it, it never seems to go away. Um, but as believers, we, we can have hope that peace will come to this world. So I want to break this down into the peace that we bring now as, as, as followers of Jesus with the power of Holy Spirit living inside of us, and the peace that Jesus will bring when he returns to earth the peace that we bring to this world now spills over from this this previous point of having peace in our lives remember in, in luke 2 14 peace to those whom god draws near through jesus and paul talks about this same peace that believers have through the holy spirit in galatians two twenty two through 23 it says but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control—against such things there is no law. Matthew five nine says, "Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God." And it is this peace that God—it is this peace from God—that um, surpasses all understanding—that not only gives us this peace in our lives but it's also felt by, by those around us, people who don't have true peace, even nations that don't have truth, true peace. And no, we can't bring this ultimate peace um, to this world, only God can, but we can bring a taste of this true peace to, the, to this world um, until God comes, uh, until Jesus comes and returns and brings that true peace. As Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. Romans 14, 17 through 19 says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbringing. And I think it's this, it is through this peace that we as as Christ followers bring when we walk in step with the Holy Spirit um, that gives this world this this taste of God's kingdom to come and that kingdom here on earth that that God promises will finally bring that complete peace to this world there will be no more pain no more suffering every tear will be wiped away Revelations 21 through through 4 says he will dwell with them and he will be, they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither there shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Complete peace will be brought to this world when Jesus comes again. Uh, I don't know about you guys, um, but I needed to hear these truths this morning about peace. I hope you guys did too. In a world where we are daily met with turmoil, both in our, our souls and around us, it is the reminder of what Jesus has done and the hope of what is to come that should bring us peace. Would we live as God has called us, living as peacemakers, in this world that needs peace more than ever, and when we remember and celebrate the birth of Jesus, the seventh series, and in the many seasons to come, would we also be reminded that the promise of the promise of peace that we have through Him, the Prince of Peace? Pray with me, guys. Father God, um, we are so thankful for your son, Jesus, came down to this earth and restored peace with, with you, Father, through his blood on the cross. We are thankful for the peace that you provide us in our lives, that completeness and rest that we can have in our souls amidst turmoil and tension and conflict in our hearts and in this world. And we're thankful for the promise of peace to be restored in this world with your second coming, Jesus. And we ask that we would be peacemakers on this earth to give a taste of the kingdom that is to come. We love you, Jesus, and we pray this in your name. Amen.